2: On News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: And I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
2: And I'm Deborah Lewis,
3: Certified Financial Planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour.
1: George, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Linda Lewis, how can we help you this evening?
4: Oh, Doug, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Much less talk to you. This is George of George and Ann. Hey, oh, George. Great. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Look, I. I have a question. My daughter and her husband are um, uh in the process of uh trying to buy a house. All right, and they need about five hundred dollars due diligence money and she's considering borrowing uh from her four hundred one K and okay. pay it back, of course. It's different from withdrawing, as you know, but borrowing. Right. Is this acceptable? Uh, or I was thinking about just giving
1: her the $500 so that she wouldn't have to do that. But um, I'm sure she would like that. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about her. How old is she?
5: Uh
1: Uh, 20 something is she in her 20s 30s or 40s oh oh no she's in her 30s okay she's in her 30s 32 i think okay and uh do you know how much is in her 401k uh she didn't say she did not say um she's already
4: checked it out she said she
1: can do this yes there very often there are loan provisions is this gonna be her first home Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. it So it is, in most 401ks, there's a provision to borrow uh, for uh, purchase of a first home. The, the the knee-jerk reaction that I always give to clients is never, never, never borrow from your 401k. So we have to start with that. That's the first that's thing. That's what I told her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Smart daddy. <laughs> well, I know. Be, because uh, there's all kinds of reasons that you shouldn't do it. Uh, that's your retirement money. You got to put it back in. You can't leave it out forever. And while it's out, you're uh, you've got to be paying interest on borrowing for your from yourself, uh, and then you lose the opportunity while it's out to go for where it was invested. The growth was there. So my first answer would be no, uh, don't do it. But then the second answer might be, well, does she how fast? Now you say she needs to get how much out? Five hundred dollars.
4: Uh, well, I think she's already given them uh, 500 due diligence, and they are asking for 500 more.
1: Okay, so the next uh, question is, is she employed? Oh, she must be employed. Oh. she got a 401K. How about her husband? Yes. Uh, he's employed as well. They're both in the banking business. So. All right. So it sounds to me like if she could go ahead and get that 500 back out again, I mean back in again... If she could replace it fast enough, then I don't have a problem with her borrowing it because it's a short term. If we're talking about a month or two, the cost there is not a factor that I would be worried about. Uh, uh, If it's a uh, two-income family and she just needs to get out a quick little $500 and be able to get it back in within the next month or two, then I don't have any problem with that. The risk, of course, is that she doesn't do it, but I don't see any... My people.
3: only thought, George, is that it might not be able to be borrowed out that fast. Mm-hmm. The Sometimes the employer's rules... Are going to prohibit it being done that quickly.
1: That's a good but point. But if Deborah, she could
3: yeah. now, she, if she has an IRA, it's just as easy as doing that within a week. But her, her probably the hardest thing on either type of account is going to be getting it done fast. If you want to call during the week to set up a face to face appointment, the number is nine one nine. Eight seven two seven thousand. That's USA seven thousand. Also, we have a website at Lewis Financial Management. That's Doug and Doug and Do you know how much time she has to get due diligence yeah. funds to them?
4: Uh, well, what what she did, she uh has written a check uh, out of her personal account. Um. Uh. To give them the due diligence, okay. That they're at that they're asking, uh, and then she was going to get the money out of the.
3: Uh, okay, so it's a I replacement think. of something that was already paid for. So she would have a little yeah. bit more time.
4: Right. Well, the, I think the best thing all around is, I mean. Uh, I've I've made some good investments over the years. Uh, I'm sorry to say, long before I knew the both of y'all, but uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and I I'm I'm not going to miss miss the 500. That's why I said, well, I'm just I gave my other daughter some money, she and her husband. So I think I'll just give this one 500, and uh, then she won't have any worries. She won't be borrowed from a 401k and messing it up and so, um, yeah. I, what do you think,
2: Mom? Linda, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think that would be great, and you know it's going to come back to you <laughs> because uh, I think it's it's like a heart issue, isn't it, George and Ann? Yeah. Because you love, we love our kids, and we're proud of them. Oh, uh, you know, fun. when they were little kids, we told them, "All right." brush your teeth and take out the trash and fix your bed and then they get their degrees and lo and behold they've got jobs and you know that's and fun. then it's a big step when they get their first home and it is that's so precious. precious i mean Perfect. it gives me goosebumps just think saying it. <laughs> it
4: gives me goosebumps knowing that naomi could really hit a softball i tell
2: you oh that's awesome <laughs> oh you're uh, a proud daddy i miss i
4: miss her i miss y'all cuz well, I don't want to say too much on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we love you guys, and thank you so much for calling. Yeah,
4: you're a great family, so y'all, y'all take it. And thanks for the info, and I'll pass it along. All right, all you right, take George, care. Have a good all one. All right,
2: y'all have a great week. Thanks for thank calling. You. Good night. Um, bye bye. Good night. Bye bye. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family, and yes, we're taking care of our family and your family. So, to all of our listeners, we appreciate your calls, and that was a great call. And, um, it, you know, it's wonderful um, as parents have accumulated over their lives, um, you know, their wealth and their assets. When our children grow up, we're the proud parents of our children that have gotten through academics and then you get that first job and you get your retirement plan. And then when, you know, after renting, then you take that big step towards getting Your first home. And it's a big deal, isn't it? Isn't it, Debs?
1: (laughs) Financial planning planning is stages. The the whole thing is planning for the different stages in life. And I know that George is really proud that his little girl, like you say, is now in the stage in her 30s, but she's got a retirement plan, a 401k. awesome.
3: If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. Well, what's new in the world of retirement planning?
1: One uh, is the matter of sequence risk. And this is the risk of taking consecutive periods of negative or uh, returns after you've taken early retirement. Now, we typically think about the average return over time when it comes to investment successes. But if the timing of those returns, particularly in retirement, has a significant impact on a portfolio, its ability to provide for spending has significances that you have to focus on.
3: That's right. Holding a portfolio that features less stock exposure and more fixed income securities in the years leading up to retirement and the decade following it can help minimize sequence risk. But... Many investors still need the growth potential provided by equities to meet their retirement goals. So they can't drop stocks entirely. So what else can they do?
1: Well, there are different approaches to this. What a lot of advisors do, which I'm not so sure I agree with, but what they do is they look for things like bonds and guaranteed income in debt securities. On the other hand, uh I'm not so happy with that approach. I've seen too many disasters. What I prefer to do is to have certain investments that are income producers that are not volatile. And there are alternative investments that are out there today that have the income component that bonds do, but do not have the volatility of risk that bonds do. So I think that's my approach to that.
3: And it's these types of investments that offer that other option. It's a way to fund guaranteed sources like Social Security and pensions and Have it supplement that income because those are usually the sources that most people have. We have Social Security income coming in. So we need a part of our portfolio that's going to provide income.
1: Yeah, and, and really when we talk about investments, as many of our listeners tell us that they've heard us say for so many years, we think of chickens and eggs. We think of the chicken as the investment. The egg is what comes off it. And so this question here of taking withdrawals, this question of sequence risk is really one of killing chickens. The question is asked, well, if the markets are dropping and I've got to take out a required minimum distribution from my IRA, aren't I selling off chickens as they're dying?
3: Go ahead, get started. Give us a call during the week at Lewis Financial Management. Make an appointment to sit down face-to-face and discuss your your situation. The number at our office during the week is 919-872-7000. That's Lewis Financial Management, 919 872 7000.
1: So, what can you do then? You try your best not to sell the chickens. You try your best to have other investments in your IRA that will give you enough eggs and don't require a sale. Of your chickens, just the income component alone.
3: That's right. Investment planning is complicated. You have to know about uh, what your income needs are so that you can be planning on what you're going to need from your investments. And then once you find out what you need, what other sources of income will you have? Maybe you won't have a pension. Well, that increases your need. Maybe your Social Security income won't be as high because you didn't work as many years as someone else, same age, retiring at the same time. Okay, that means it's increased. All of this balancing of needed income from an investment portfolio means you need to work with someone, find out what else is out there, find out what's available, because there is a difference between selling something to create income and having an income-producing investment.
1: That's right, Deborah. Uh, even last week- week, a brand new client asked the question when they were in our office, they said, well, do you have a sort of a a fixed uh, system that happens for all of your clients? And I said, no. I said, everybody's financial world is different and everybody's financial plan is customized at Lewis Financial Management to that client. And as you say, uh, they're all going to be different. The income necessary to meet the required minimum distribution from the investments is is going to be different from every investor. And so uh, we have to customize it. It must be individualized. If not, then you're getting something other than financial planning.
3: Call me during the week so we can set up a time to get together face-to-face. My number at the office is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000.
1: Vicki, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner.
3: Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner.
1: Linda Lewis. How can we help you, Vicky?
6: Um, I'm I'm going to be receiving um, 136,000 from a buyout from a company I used to work for. Okay. And my mortgage is 126,000, and I'm 65 now. And there's not a prayer, and I'm still working. And there's not a prayer's chance of otherwise me paying that mortgage off. And I wanted to take that money and pay off the mortgage, but I was told it was I was going to take a big hit if I took all the money right at once. So I thought about setting up an IRA and putting it in, and then at the end of December, pulling out half of it, and then um, about January 2nd or so, pulling out the other half, and Paying the mortgage, from what I understand, more than likely I will not have 126 thousand because of all the taxes that'll be taken out on it. So I figured that I would probably have nine
2: more months of payments. Um, hey, Vicky, payments. are are you married? Uh, I want to hear her no. question. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I
1: was, yeah, Vicky, I haven't heard a question yet.
6: So I was wondering what would be the best thing to do. In okay. this situation.
1: Alright, well then let's find out a little bit about you. You say you're sixty five years old and you're single. Yes. All right, and you're employed. How much yes. what's your what's your annual income? About sixty seven. All right, income is about I six work,
6: yeah. I work two jobs.
1: Okay, but combined income is about sixty seven thousand. All right. And then uh what do you have accumulated in investments that are not in retirement plans?
6: Um, about um 300 50. All
1: right. 000. So about 350,000 in non-retirement investments and then what do you have in retirement investments like 401k's or IRAs? Oh, I mean I'm sorry that is my retirement
6: 350.
1: Okay, so that's in that's in is that in 401k or IRAs? Uh, 401k and IRA combined. All right. Do you have any investments that are not in retirement accounts? No. Like mutual funds? All right, so you TVs. haven't... You, all right, now, what are your living expenses on an annual basis, your best guess? Like... Uh, um,
6: um, I, I really I really have not the slightest idea. Not the slightest
1: idea. Well, I think therein lies your big problem. You're trying to make a decision without having a proper amount of information. The, the, the one thing that I would not at all want you to do is to take your one-time hit of ah, 136,000 you'll probably never get another 136,000 at one time right right all right to go ahead and simply pay off your mortgage to me my first reaction without knowing anything else is that's a very wrong move what I'd like to do and do you have a pen with you
6: no, I'm, I'm, I'm driving
1: right now. Okay, can you memorize USA 7000?
6: Yes.
1: All right, that's our office number, 919-USA-7000. When we get off the fu- off the air, call that number and we will schedule an appointment to meet with you. And the first thing we're going to want to know when we meet with you is, what are your living expense needs? Now, here's the way we're going to approach it. We're going to find out what you need to live on that includes your mortgage okay maybe you need 35,000 45,000 50,000 i don't know what you need but you will be get, we're going to work it out to where you can let us know Okay. Then, then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to say all right now you're 65 but pretty soon you'll be able to start drawing social security income mm-hmm. and that will cover part of those living expense needs and then the rest of your living expense needs have to come from your investments and so we're going to look at that 350000 that you've got in retirement accounts, and then we're going to look at the other $136,000 uh, uh, that you will invest in non-retirement. By the way, you can't put that in an IRA, so don't even consider that. You, you, you wouldn't be able to put that in an IRA. Oh. No, you can't do that. That's against the law.
3: So if this sounds like you, definitely call during the week at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. We just got to pull out and yeah, pull but, apart what you what you've heard from different sources and give you the the real story and what really is an option for you.
1: Exactly, exactly. I think we can help you make the wisest decision that will give you the most comfort, but I uh, I I want yeah, I want to make sure that we get a chance to meet with you and go over all of the pieces uh, because some of the things that you have coming up with make no sense and they've come to you from sources which are not reliable.
2: Um, oh, okay. Vicki, I was just wondering, when are you anticipating receiving this amount from the buyout?
6: Um, we have to submit all the documentation by June 30th.
2: Oh, okay. Is the buyout
3: the sale of shares of the company that you already own? No,
6: uh, companies, uh, yeah. I'm, so yeah,
3: you own shares, shares I, and um, you're going to receive a portion of that as a sale price of the company to someone else, to another company?
6: Um, yeah, from another company that I used to be with. They're buying us all
1: out. How much, okay. One other question I didn't ask you. How much is your home worth?
6: Um, it's probably now worth about 100 and uh $64,000 to seventy-four
1: thousand. That's the value, or that's the mortgage.
6: Oh no, the mortgage is one hundred twenty-six.
1: All right. So, your the question then will come. Just use some quick numbers. If you could keep that entire hundred and thirty-five thousand and not spend it, and you could keep the three hundred and fifty thousand that's in your retirement account, you're close to half a million. That yeah. would that would give you about twenty-five thousand dollars a year. And then you add Social Security on top of that, you might be able to have about a forty or forty-five thousand dollar income and still be growing, have nothing liquidated. You see what I'm saying? Uh huh. That would be the goal. I like to talk about chickens and eggs in my office. When you come to meet us, you'll hear me describe investments as chickens, the income from the investments being eggs. And I like to have you think that you should never kill your chickens, live off your eggs.
3: And let me ask you one more question. If you're single, you're the only one living in the home, correct? Yes. So even if the home wasn't paid for or paid off, you're not, you're not uh, taking the home away from anyone else. Yeah. So this so this gives a lot of freedom to your situation. Vicky. I think we can really solve your problem, pull apart some of the things that aren't true, help you see what would be your best and wisest decision in uh, your own situation. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Give yeah. us a call at 919-872-7000, and um, we'll
2: set up an appointment. Yeah, and I want to commend you because, you know, you here you are. You've been diligently working your two jobs, and... You know your health is still pretty good and uh, yeah uh, pat yourself on it, on the back. I mean, I'm really proud of you. You've accumulated and this is really a windfall, isn't it? That you're uh, going to yeah, get yeah. get this it's a real blessing and it's it's there to be a blessing for you in retirement. Yes, because I, I didn't want to be a bag lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, You, you know, know <laughs> I will tell you, I recently figured
1: out that I have seen face-to-face well over 10,000 appointments in my career, and I can't tell you how many times I have heard that very phrase. <laughs> That's
3: exactly right, Vicki. Yeah. It's so funny how many people say, yep, I just didn't want to be a bag lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you've got this one windfall, and I think we can really help you, so give us some Call and we will talk talk this all through uh,
2: all out with you. Okay, great. I appreciate that. Uh, All right, uh, thanks, Nikki. Have a wonderful week, and thanks for calling us. Thank you. All right, take care. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. We love WPTF, and we love our listeners. If something has popped in your head tonight,
3: give me a call during the week. My number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Doug,
2: you know, as I was riding around doing some errands, uh, we've been hearing people say on the radio, on some of the shows, that, remember, we can look at uh, all of your information and give you guaranteed income for life. What does that mean?
1: Well, guaranteed income for life is, this is an advertisement for an annuity. Annuities are insurance companies that will guarantee you get income for life. The the issue here is that you will get this check for life, just like your Social Security check. Social
2: Security is for life. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: What you have to give up, however, is you will disinherit your children and your wife. Now, you can get a smaller guaranteed income for life if you want to go ahead and have some of that income continue to your wife after you die. But the whole guaranteed income for life is It's a sales, I like to call it a sales pitch because they don't tell you on these radio shows that that's what they are. They don't tell you when they invite you to these seminars that that's what they are uh, unless you read in the very, very fine print. These are annuity sales pitches and uh, the administrators are looking very seriously at these. Now, we need to be careful when we understand what is and what's not correct. In this issue of guaranteed income for life or annuities, we're confusing investment planning with cash flow planning. There's absolutely nothing wrong with an annuity if that's what the client wants and needs, but we don't want to confuse cash flow planning and investment planning. Once you have gotten an annuity, you no longer have an investment. That's right. You have cash flow. You have cash flow. That's it. That's right. Kind of like your Social Security. That's right. Once you annuitize in, and pull that trigger and say, I want that check, I want that guaranteed income for life, from then on, the insurance company, they keep the, the principal. And you know, Linda, to answer your question a little bit more, by the way, they're, they're not the only people that are doing that. Have you seen the one on television that says, my name is so-and-so? Are you ready for the next stock market crash? How about gold in your IRA? William
2: Devane. All right, well,
1: (laughs) okay. Whoever his name is. Wonderful. (laughs) When you're retiring, take that gold bar or those bullions and go down to your local Walmart and see if you can buy some groceries with that gold bar. You know, these are all sales pitches of products, and they have nothing to do with uh, financial planning. Financial planning is, uh, it's, it's a multidisciplined profession that those of us who are trained in this area know how to plan cash flow planning, how to plan investment planning, tax planning, uh-huh. insurance planning. And all of it in conjunction
3: planning. with the other
1: you, Very good, you, Deborah. You, you
3: want cash flow planning, yes. and you want investment planning. That's right. It's never uh, uh, one situation where that's all you're going to be
2: looking at or trying to solve. You're trying to solve both pieces. And if you happen to be listening and you you know you have concerns about w- whether you're going to purchase an annuity or if it's being recommended. Get a full disclosure, find out, and call us on Lewis, uh, at Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new regarding estate planning? Well, something we hear a lot about is
3: what do we do in those situations where we have special needs? Because special needs means you
2: have special planning needs. Yes, there was a very interesting article in the Wall Street Journal, and it was regarding special needs and uh, special planning for children that are disabled, for the parents, actually. That are disabled, uh, I mean, that have disabled children. And there are certain tools that can make the future feel certainly a lot more secure.
1: Yeah, you know, increasing lifespans make retirement planning more of a challenge for everyone, but especially for parents of disabled children. Many disabled persons are living longer today. You take Down syndrome children, for example. When we began financial planning, Linda, in the 80s, the average life expectancy for a Down syndrome child was 25 years old. Now, I think it's over 60 years old. So many parents with a special needs child faces the additional responsibility of ensuring that their child will be provided for financially, physically, and emotionally long after they're gone.
2: You know, m- many years ago, um, well, <laughs> my education was as a speech therapist. That's right. And I used to work with many uh, uh, special children. And um, having worked with Down syndrome children, as well as autistic and, and other uh, children of special needs, um the parents were the ones that really had questions on their minds about how are they going to protect their child as they age, because when they're little and you're you're just discovering that there is a need, you know, uh, it, it can be frightening. And then as you get the proper help, having a proper diagnosis, then there are... The therapists and the folks in the community that can support you and also help you with your child. But there are fears as time goes on.
1: All of these boil down to dollars.
3: Absolutely. There's a cost for all of that. You're planning for two lifetimes, yours and your disabled child. You have no choice but to think about finances. But here's a tip that will help parents of disabled children rest easier at night. There is a tool called the Special Needs Trust.
1: Yes, there is. And we, of course, in our professional careers, we have done many of these Special Needs Trusts for our our clients uh, that have Special Needs children. Parents concerned that their nest egg won't stretch for two lifetimes, meaning their own and their Special Needs child, they can take some comfort in the knowledge that the government benefits can be available for their disabled dependents. But to be eligible, the disabled adult at that time must have not more than $2,000 in assets.
3: If you have a question and would like to ask it either after hours or have me call you back after the show, feel free to call the office, 919-872-7000. So if this sounds sort of like a catch-22, potentially discouraging parents from saving for the future needs of the disabled child, there is a solution, and this is that special needs trust. And yeah. parents can set up this trust and designate it as the beneficiary for any assets that intend they intend to leave for the benefit
1: of their child. Yeah, when that special needs trust is set up properly, then assets held in the trust for the disabled child or disabled adult at that time will not affect his or her eligibility to continue to get government benefits.
3: We always, at our office, we're always advising clients to set these things up early before, say, a grandparent dies and leaves an inheritance for the child. Because if you were to wait until after such a large windfall or inheritance, to start looking for guidance and getting advice on this, the special needs child has already technically inherited from grandma and grandpa and that windfall, it negates, it minimizes, it reduces the means test that it must be provided to be able to um, fund a special needs
1: trust. Yeah. It's a sad story that i've heard so many times where parents with special needs children they live a certain part of their life like uh with their like the ostrich approach with the head in the sand not not thinking that they need to make some plans and uh, uh and and just not addressing it
2: well but, and but you, it
1: is crucial it is crucial to address And i would
2: it. agree with you Doug but also we need to remember that You know, when you're in the middle of caring, being the caregiver or caring for your child or visiting your disabled child if they're in, you know, in a living situation as they get older, um, you're probably like a lot of folks and whether you have a special needs child or not, it is possible that... You're just procrastinating. But if you have questions, write down those questions and work with a competent advisor that can assist you in getting answers to your questions. Call us at Lewis Financial Management in Midtown Raleigh. Our number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Call us. Set up an appointment. We'll be happy to meet with you. Dave,
3: this is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you tonight?
5: Uh, Yes, I'm just kind of curious about where I stand on my 401, which is the majority of my uh, savings at this point, uh, or asset allocation. Uh, I'm a couple years prior to retirement and got a little over a million dollars in it. Uh, Currently, we don't have a whole lot of options, mostly some uh, Vanguard, targeted retirement trust funds like 2010 to 2030. And I got the index funds uh, capable of uh, like BlackRock Russell 2000 Index or BlackRock Russell S&P 500. And the way I currently have them uh, allocated is I got about 27% in the uh, targeted retirement for 2015, 2020. I've got 11% 11% in the Russell Index, 55% in the S&P 500 Index, and 7% in a Fidelity International Discovery Fund. Just see what your opinion would be.
3: All right. So, well, my opinion, um, let me get these, uh, make sure I got this right. You got 27% in the Target Date Fund, and that was the 2020 fund. Then you've got 20% in the Russell Index, you've got twenty percent i think i heard you say in the s and p five
5: hundred uh fifty five in the uh s <coughs> and p five hundred eleven in the uh russell two thousand index
3: okay all right so you how long have you had the uh four oh one k uh all, all
5: my life. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, I, about 30 years in this particular, the reason I ask is, has it always been invested this way using the percentage approach? Uh,
5: yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty much been, the funds have swapped back and forth at different times, and I've had to make some changes from time to time.
3: All right, and do you have anything that's outside retirement plans?
5: Uh, yeah, I've got a fixed that'll be coming up it's not a whole lot about three hundred thousand
3: that's it all right the fixed pension of course is still tax deferred um, so it's not outside retirement plans so so basically all of your wealth about a million three is going to be in the retirement plans and
5: yeah, well yes yeah, mostly I probably got I don't know thirty thousand I guess in uh, some individual IRAs
3: Again, IRAs are going to be retirement plans, all right, but 30000 there. Do you have anything that's not in retirement plans?
5: Uh, well, I meant to say uh, that 30000 is in, uh, well, no, I guess it really is kind of in an IRA uh, uh, portion, a Roth portion that I've been putting into, but uh, outside of those, uh, not a tremendous amount.
3: Okay, so, well, if you want to know, do I like the percentage approach based on target date funds, Russell Index, S&P 500, the answer is no. Um, the target date, here's what I really don't like, is if if the approach to the whole million that's in this account is not based on managers and how they've done, and it's based on a collection of stocks that are supposed to duplicate an index, that means that the Russell index and the S&P 500 index, so 66% of your portfolio is passive. If things go up, you go exactly. up. If things go down, you go down. So there's no active management of those investments, and there's no attempt to try and beat the indexes. So you're sort of a leaf on the ocean. You are only going to do what the market did. So if we'd have no way of predicting what the market is going to do, and we have no track record of a manager, then it's passive. This is Deborah Lewis. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. What I like is usually a more Uh, approach where you're choosing managers, real people. If you were going to hand a million dollars to anyone, you'd want to know what they're track record is. So when if I were looking at the list of options that were in this 401k, I would help you, like I do with lots of my clients, help you choose from that list of options, managers, where we could look at what their track record is. What we want to know is how well they've done over the past 10, if not 15 years. If they've been able to give us an acceptable return, and a track record to prove that they've done it, then we're not left up to an unknown, if things go up, we go up. If things go down, things go down. So, as far as the three investment choices that you've made in the 401k, I would say we probably, you and I together, could do better. We probably could look at the investment options that are available through the employer plan. Matter of fact, do you have a pen handy? Uh, yes. Write down my number. It's nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. Seven
5: thousand. Okay.
3: That's right. Nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. You are uh, what I would uh, describe as ninety percent of the people who I meet with are are wanting to know. Well, Deborah, what is the best investment? style or the investment uh investment that i should be in in my 401k if i'm looking at retirement we don't have a plan b if we've been working like you said for 30 years we want to be pretty serious about choosing the right investments so those investments have how many years do you have until you retire when you want to retire I,
5: i'm 64 I'm uh, probably another couple of years
3: Okay. Then I would say, let's, let's make an appointment for you to come in. Let's meet face-to-face. Let's talk about your investment options. Let's go through them one by one. Let's choose investments that have real managers with real track records so that at the very least, your goal of being able to retire has a substantially greater chance of being able to provide for you when you want to withdraw from it. If you don't have a certified financial planner to work with, if you haven't met with a certified financial planner, call me, Deborah Lewis, at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. It might be the most important call that you make this year. 919-872-7000. Does that help you? Did I answer your question?
5: (coughs) Well, kind of. I mean, I I am very limited. Uh, I guess there's a couple other options that I've left out was just kind of the uh, uh, straight bond funds or whatever, but in my current situation, I can't generate my own funds that I want to put them in either, so I've got to well, work in the uh, constraints that I have to deal with.
3: I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain in saying this, although as you know, I've not looked at your investment option list, but they've got to offer you more than target date and index funds. If they did, even in that regard, with only having three choices for a million dollars, it seems like we've not covered all of the securities that are available to be invested in. In other words, the company stocks that are available and out there. Target date fund for 2020, that with only being four years away, you have to understand that a target date fund is someone else's application of how much in percentage you should have in stocks, bonds, and cash. So, if they're looking at you as this representing, this 27% representing your wealth, because that's all the target date fund has, is 27% of this million dollars, that particular fund and that particular investment in itself is going to probably have used a philosophy called thinking, well, if he's four years away from retirement, we probably should be heavily invested in bonds. Okay. Well. You know what what we we're at this one particular moment in time where unfortunately, what we do know is is that when interest rates rise, bond prices are going to go down and and that's going to affect those investments inside. So if you're looking to retire in four years and you're in a target date fund that only from its perspective it thinks that twenty seven percent of the million is everything you have, they they're, they have put you in a high risk area and you didn't even know it.
5: Okay. That's a good
3: point. Yeah, so what we probably need to do is pull apart each of these each of these segments that you've put the the money in and look deeper. Okay, well what is inside this target date fund? And if it's 4 years until retirement, this isn't suitable. That means that my investments could be severely decreased in value when I want to retire. Then you go over to the Russell and the S&P 500. Well, if if any if there are any managed mutual fund choices, we would have diversified more than just domestic stocks. Both of those indexes mean that you've left out all of the international securities. So when we start pulling apart, like, well, what you're really invested in, there's going to be a huge amount of overlap. There's going to be a huge avoidance of a whole bunch of securities that could give you diversification and most importantly, reduce risk. It just feels like a very risky, aggressive portfolio for someone who is looking at retirement in under five years. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that this is, this is the common question I'm answering in the office. Um, I look forward to speaking with you so I can, w- when we're not on live on the radio, I can literally uh, with you in a face-to-face meeting, show you exactly where else I would be invested, what those yeah. other choices are. And I can show you through some of the tools I have at my office on how you would actually dig a little deeper and go, oh, I had no idea that I was invested in that. That is risky. This isn't going to be preparing me for retirement in four to five years. So, um yeah, definitely. Okay, well. Yeah, give me a call. Um, uh, I'll, I'll have your number and we'll touch base tomorrow. But um, yeah, give me a call at 919-872-7000. Dave, thank you so much for calling and for listening. I am so excited to start answering the question more specifically when we're off air.
5: All right, thank
3: you.
2: All right, very good. Thanks for calling. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio six eighty WPTF. We are Lewis Financial Management LLC in Midtown Raleigh. Call us to set up your appointment. Maybe you need a second uh second opinion. opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Call us at nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. That's nine one nine USA seven thousand. Financial planning is
3: your business.
2: In the world of estate
3: planning, there are many documents that you will... Uh, need, and one of them is the power of attorney. And for many people, there is no legal document that is more crucial than a power of attorney, or one so full of potential pitfalls.
1: That's exactly right. You
3: know, you don't know it till you go to try to use it. But a power of attorney is an inexpensive legal document that gives a designated individual the right to act on another's behalf when making financial decisions.
1: Yeah, the problem, on the other hand, is that financial institutions don't always make it easy to exercise that power. They're not required by law just to go ahead and accept them at that moment. So you're trying to use your power of attorney for someone who's given it to you. And to prevent this problem, families need to take steps ahead of time. Most adult children... You know, try to get power of attorney, properly so, that allows them to take over a parent's finances at any point, which, of course, gives them the ability to help in the event the parent is no longer able to manage
3: Unfortunately, experts say the power of attorney is often abused, so therein lies the problem. As a result, many banks are worried about being held liable for customers' losses, and this liability has grown, so many are wary of accepting powers of attorney, and that prompts them to require things to be sure that this power of attorney is actually valid. Now, in a worst-case scenario, the adult children may have little recourse but to take legal action against a financial institution or file with a court to become a parent's legal guardian. This is very expensive and time-consuming. And this process isn't usually, well, it's usually open to the public, so there might be some concern there. But there are steps that children can take to keep matters from getting to that point.
1: Yeah, can you imagine the nightmare? And I do remember it happening to one individual that uh, had been an attorney, actually, uh, in his working years. And he gave power of attorney when he got elderly. He gave power of attorney to his son, who was uh, going to be able to take care of his finances for him. Well, one of the investments that the individual had was a mutual fund, one of the largest in the United States, very reputable. And when the son presented the power of attorney to the mutual fund company, saying that his dad wanted to go ahead and start drawing out about 2000 a month, lo and behold, the mutual fund company said no. They refused to honor the power of attorney,
3: And that's what people forget, is that the power of attorney gives you permission to present. It does not require the financial institution to accept it.
1: You can imagine the the dilemma that uh, the man had. He's holding power of attorney. He's trying to get money to help support his dad. It's his dad's money. And what's he supposed to do, go to court?
3: If you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation— Call us, set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000.
1: Right, we need money now. We need it this month. And so so this is really a, a a big problem that can be avoided. Now, families can frequently prevent problems if parents introduce the adult child with the power of attorney to the certified financial planner before any time of crisis And finds out what are the procedures that banks and mutual fund companies require. Uh, For instance, many financial institutions ask account owners to sign separate powers of attorney drafted by that firm's own lawyers, if only because it's easier for them to administer a standardized form.
3: Yeah, and you should know the law. What should people do if they're rebuffed uh, by a financial institution? What do we do at Lewis Financial Management to avoid this nightmare?
1: We do not like the power of attorney as the, the fallback. It, it is just too fraught with risk. We assume worst case and use the revocable living trust instead of the power of attorney. Now, that has no problem because by using the revocable living trust and identifying the child, the adult child, as the co-trustee on that trust, immediately dad's money is available and there is no necessity for the power of attorney.
3: That feature alone changes the distinction. You're not asking someone to accept someone's designating you to speak on their behalf. You present a document that says, I am entitled to the right to speak on my father's behalf or my parents' behalf so that you can step right in. And this is where a lot of clients are bringing in their adult children, if nothing else, to know exactly exactly um, uh, how they've been working with us for 10, 15, 20 years, what they expect the how they expect the relationship to continue should they are in being incapacitated or when they die. You know, this this getting to know the second generation benefits everyone. It gives you peace of mind. It really does give you the power that you're wanting to have over your assets when you can't speak for yourself.
1: Yeah, that peace of mind. I'm sorry, Linda. Go well, ahead. I was
2: just going to say the assets, you know, when you're young, You know, we've been talking, speaking to um, our graduates. And when you're young, you're starting out. You're starting to accumulate. There are some that are young that happen to inherit a lot of money, either because a parent has died or maybe there was some kind of a settlement because of an accident. But the most important thing is that people work with a qualified advisor a financial planner, a certified financial planner that has the expertise and the experience to answer the questions because it may be that your assets are a business, it may be that it could be an inheritance of 5 million dollars or it could be you know a partnership, it could be a beach house, whatever it is. Right. Whatever your investment portfolio may be. It is important to work with competent advisors that can help you answer your questions. Right, Doug? Right, Deborah? Right. It takes it out from the world of
3: of using just conventional wisdom or rules of thumb or what everybody else said. Or I love this phrase. Well, what I've heard people say is, "I need." Well. Come have an appointment with us so that we can actually see what it
1: truly is that you need. Yeah, there are all kinds of problems that are facing uh, all the generations. We were going to talk tonight about one of the big problems that we saw in a case study referenced in the Wall Street Journal on scamming of elderly parents. We don't have enough time today to cover it right we'll pick it up next week I, we will but my point is this is that those types of cases can be avoided If you're working with a certified financial planner like Doug Lewis, like Deborah Lewis, if you work with a firm such as ours, we can help you have the comfort that you're not going to be faced with your parents being scammed. We can help you have the comfort that financial independence as you move into your retirement years and as your parents get weaker It's all under control.
3: And another thing, too, is the best way to be good at your own planning is to often care for someone and helping them with their planning. So this is a very reciprocal relationship. The parent really gives a gift of wisdom to the child, and the child gets to take care of the parent.
1: That's right. I hear the music. So remember your money matters because your financial future is at stake and we will be here waiting for you all week long to answer your financial questions.
0: You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in raleigh at 919-872-7000 that's 919-872-7000 or go to doug and and listen again next sunday at 6 p.m for more money matters with doug linda and deborah lewis on news radio 680 wptf